Welcome to the Automation Unplugged podcast, the podcast for technology professionals featuring leading industry personalities. I'm your host, Ron Callis. Today's show features returning guest, Eric Joy, Chief Experience Officer at GHT Group. With his vast experience in the CE space as an integrator and manufacturer, Eric shares his unique perspective on approaching communication with manufacturers and teams during a time of crisis while also advocating on the importance of leaning on other integrators, both locally and nationally. GHT Group is a proud member of Cedia and the HTSA Buying Group with a single 20,000 square foot facility located in Marietta, Georgia. We live streamed this interview on our One Firefly Facebook page on Friday, April 10th, 2020 at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. In this conversation, we discussed Eric's recommendations on the approach manufacturers and vendors should take to help integrators, the importance of having a clear, open communication between your team and manufacturers, the type of discussions Eric has been having with other dealers to help the industry get through the crisis, and steps Eric and his team are taking to keep their employees and clients safe while going out to projects. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Let's jump into my interview with Eric Joy. How are you, Mr. Eric? Doing good, Ron. How are you? I'm super duper, man. Thanks for agreeing to come back on. I didn't know I was going to have you on so soon, but thanks for for doing this. Well, I want to be kind of like a a returning host of Saturday Night Live. Have Ah. that bragging rights. This is my ex-time hosting the show. I want to be the most... Uh, you know, brought back guests on Automation Unplugged. So oh, oh, there you go. Well, we're well on our way now. This is officially number two. We'll have to get number three scheduled. So that'll that'll officially put you over the top there. All right. So uh, actually, let me go ahead and take a look at Facebook just to make sure we're coming in. It does look like uh, you're coming in. We had some audio problems this week, although all my warnings and my software have gone away. So I'm thinking maybe some of the bandwidth issues are gone. But if you're out there uh, watching and listening, uh, give us a like and give us a comment. Actually, let me know that you can hear us. Uh, that would be that would be great. I was six minutes into my interview uh, earlier this week with Keith Harrison when the audience was telling me uh, we can't hear you. Hmm. So we had to pause and we we got that show rescheduled. Uh, there we I go. We, got- we took around six minutes and couldn't hear you. I, I know I'm impressed. Maybe they thought the audio was going to show up. Uh, that that was funny. And then we got Jordan Littman. You know Jordan. Uh, hey, super hey, excited yeah. for this conversation. Glad to see you back on, Eric. So Jordan is uh, your account manager here at One Firefly. We love working with Jordan. He's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan's a rock star. So uh, Eric. Talk to me. How are you guys? The the elephant in the room is we got this COVID situation. You you have a large team. You have a beautiful facility um, there in Atlanta uh, where where customers could ultimately come in and demo and experience uh, home technology and music and video gear. And you guys are, I'm assuming you're on lockdown. What's the status there where you're at? Well, the the status of uh, the state of Georgia in general is a shelter in place uh, state um, for our business. We have been um, 
very fortunate that we haven't had any shutdowns of new construction projects. So uh, our team is still busy, uh, which I know that there are a lot of spots out there uh, for our friends in Michigan and New York and uh, a lot of places where they cannot even get out and continue doing pre-wires or anything like that. So we are working. Uh, we are staying extremely busy. Uh, the biggest thing that has changed is uh, the showroom. You know, that beautiful showroom you just somewhat described uh, has signs on the entrance saying, you know, temporarily uh, uh, shut down. You know, showroom is closed, but our phones are on. We're still here to help. Uh, so the phone lines are being redirected to all of the sales guys are all working remotely. Um, you know, I've got a 20,000 square foot building I'm sitting in right now with, you know, there are two other people in, in the building. We got Chris in the warehouse and, and Kenny is here as well. And, you know, we can actually social distance better here than we can in our own homes. Um, so how, how are your, uh, how are your sales team doing working from home? Were, you know, were they set up to do that? Did they previously always come to the showroom there and work from that? For work from office space there and, and well, this is not, new for them not not everybody worked here on a daily basis uh but it was always a spot to come in work on a proposal you know we, we don't just consider this a company this is a family it's a team uh and you know when you are you know isolated for too much you feel like you're out there on your own so even if i didn't need to be here in the building guys would are, were continuously coming through uh, taking advantage of setting appointments with their clients to come in and really wow them with a great demo. You know, the, the ability to give a customer uh, a presentation or a tour or a demo, uh, we're having to get creative uh, with that. So um, it's, it's not happening very frequently, but because I'm consistently going to be here uh, from, you know, bell to bell every day, uh, all the guys know that if their client needs to get on a FaceTime with me uh, to give them a virtual tour or a virtual demo or show them, you know, different leather swatches or, you know, finishes of speakers, I'm here to do that. But we're uh, we are closing business. We're still closing very good business, uh, you know, considering the uh, that we don't have the ability to bring the customers to the showroom at this point. Now, there's been a bunch of industry webinars. I think I've never seen so many webinars in my whole life uh, than what's happening out there in the world right now. I, I'm assuming you've been getting hit up to attend webinars. I'm guessing there are at least a dozen of them going on right now. Right now. Uh, that, that's yeah. right. Um, but, so what I was going to ask you was of, of all of those topics for webinars, one of them, uh, one of the topics that I've seen many, many people covering. And so I'm just curious, it's the popular question of the moment right now, which is uh, the CARES Act, the, the payroll yeah. protection program. Uh, uh, many people I, I'm aware of around the industry have uh, been learning how to apply for that. They've been applying for that. You know, I guess you could start applying for that last Friday. Um, did you guys apply for that? And what's the status of your situation? Uh, we did apply for that. Uh, our status is still pending right now. You know, I've, I've got a big network of uh, friends that have businesses out there. Uh, and it seems that most everybody is is trying to participate in and trying to take advantage of this. But it's just uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I don't think the banking industry had ample time to prepare for this. Yeah. Uh, systems were getting overloaded. Um, you know, we actually have a great client 
that is an executive at Wells Fargo Bank, uh, which is happens to be where we bank. And we were th- looking at this as, you know, he's going to handhold us all the way through this process. All right, it's midnight 01 and hit this button. And then that button wasn't ready at, at midnight 01. So we had to, you know, duck and weave and, and make some adjustments. But uh, we're in the queue. Um, I'm hoping that there are some people that are, you know, seeing the light at the end of that tunnel and just don't get too frustrated and stick with it because, you know, you'd be you'd be crazy to not uh, want to take advantage of that opportunity. What are you hearing? Man? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm asking this question to everybody out there because, you know, in some cases, I, I'm going to say like you guys, maybe that business is still flowing and it's it's a nice to have, but not a need to have. Um, I'd say that's where we are at one firefly. It's a nice to have and not a need to have. Um, there are many businesses that, that absolutely need to have this. And, uh, I've, I've been hearing of businesses that have, uh, uh, applied, uh, some that I would argue applied a little bit late. Like I, John, I would have advised to be Johnny on the spot and be ready last Friday mm-hmm. or as soon as to, fr- you know, Saturday or Monday, some are still trying to figure out how to get uh, applied as recent as, you know, now on Friday, April the 10th, which is kind of yeah. a little scary. Yeah. Um, but I, I have yet to hear uh, of an integrator uh, that had been awarded and uh, the, the funds. And, you know, we actually had really good news here at One Firefly. I, I was as skeptical as everyone regarding this sounding like this is almost too good to be true to get bailed out by the federal government. I mean, big business, Wall Street gets bailed out, small, small business, Main Street doesn't get bailed out. Um, we received our documents yesterday, Thursday the 9th, to sign. And within an hour, the monies were deposited in our account. That's awesome. I mean, within an hour, you know, it would be nice to any transaction, you know, within an hour of completing that project, the customer's money is now in your bank. Ta- Taylor, uh, my VP of operations and finance, he's my right hand, uh, my right hand man. And he and I were just in utter shock and disbelief. One that we received the document, the loan docs to sign, and then two that funds. Uh, I remember I was in a client meeting and I got an email from my bank that a deposit had just been made, and I was like, "Excuse me," and I went over and looked at that, and then I checked. I was like, "Holy, excuse me, yeah. let me put you on hold." Called the Isaac like, Taylor, check the bank account. Did that really just happen? He's like, "Yeah, it's there." So I. Hope that be a signal of hope to everyone watching and listening yeah. that it, it does seem like it's real. Well, I imagine that felt really good. You know, one one of the things here with our company is uh, you know we are in really good position. Uh, as I've told you before, you know we we don't carry any vendor debt here. Um, you know we don't load up on inventory that's not necessary. You know if it doesn't have a, a customer's name attached to it, we don't sit on product. Uh, our entire fleet of vehicles is completely paid for. Uh, so we don't have a lot of risk out there. Um, and we've just tried to maintain an attitude of because uh, this company did have a hard time back in 2008 and nine during that crisis that our industry had. Uh, but we kept our head above water. Uh, we survived it. And they just had a always maintained an attitude of, yes, we want to grow this business. Uh, but we're going to make sure that we always do it in a manageable way, um, that things don't spiral out of control, and always be prepared that the faucet could turn off uh, immediately, 
right? So we want to make sure that we don't, you know, uh, have a lot of liabilities and a lot of debt, and uh, we want this business to be healthy. We're committed that uh, we're, we will be standing on the back end of this thing, regardless of how bad it may get with, you know, with the hopes that uh, it doesn't get bad at all. Um, how, how is the communication with your vendors right now? How are your vendors doing in terms of leaning on you for orders? I know that I've sat into a, a number of vendor councils and discussions regarding how they're managing this and, and they're hurting as much as, as everyone in, in the marketplace. Um, what, what are they doing right and what are they doing wrong? Well, you know, again, just as a reminder, I have uh, about eight years experience of, of being on the manufacturing and vendor side of this industry. And so I still, you know, during this, I put myself in those shoes. What would I be doing if I were them right now? Um, it's, it's hard uh, for them because they want to be helpful to the dealers, but don't really know what we can do to really benefit you. Um, yeah. And that's why we have all of those webinars going on, which is fantastic for, you know, ongoing education and learning factor. Um, but what's most important to me right now is making sure that we are continuing to do daily business to the best that we can collecting on all of those jobs that we're getting completed. And, um, you know, it's a challenge, you know, and I do challenge all of the manufacturers that when you are doing all of these webinars, don't just exclusively make it about your product. Uh, your brand and product knowledge, what little bits of advice uh, can you throw out there that are good business practices, how to run a more efficient and organized, uh, you know, organization, because we're going to have to be a lot more efficient as unfortunately, a lot of companies have had to, you know, let some team members go or furlough employees, you know, we're still 100% uh, strong here. Um, but I, I let the manufacturers that were reaching out to me know that uh, absolutely do not be pressuring me or the dealer community to load up on unnecessary inventory. Uh, that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, and I would have to say that I would give the industry uh, an A if I were going to grade them right now, or at least they're not, you know, uh, hammering me uh, to be placing. Maybe they know better. I, I think they do. <laughs> they know I'm not going to do it. Um, but uh, I, I do appreciate the commu communication uh, from the manufacturer partners. I do appreciate when they do hear a great idea uh, from from another dealer uh, that uh, we might be able to implement into our business. Because the way I see things right now is, uh, even though we have competitors out there and in our market, uh, sharing information is critical right now. Uh, sharing accurate and honest information. You know, we, we're very lucky that we've got a, a pipeline full of business. Uh, we're still at full staff. Uh, we've t nobody's been hit with any pay cuts or anything like that. Uh, but if things change here, I'm not going to put on put on a, a, a front and and give you misinformation. You know, I think being open and honest with each other is the best thing that we can do. And uh, I've even told, you know, the manufacturers as they're reaching out to me. Uh, I'm letting them know that as you're making your calls through your dealers and checking in, ask those dealers if they're talking with other dealers. Um, because for me, that's one of the the best and most comforting thing is when you're talking directly peer to peer. You know, when you're talking dealer to manufacturer, uh, you know, it's a good relationship and good communication. But when you talk dealer to dealer, 
whether it's somebody that's within your own market, uh, you know, within I'm we're a member of the HTSA group. Uh, so lots of communication with dealers there, but I'm even communicating with dealers that were uh, accounts that I called on when I worked at B&W uh, or just even a couple of guys here locally in the in my own market that, you know, normally might be considered competition. You know, I want the health of the industry as a whole. You know, we got to we got to lean on each other and get everybody through this. I don't want to see the demise of anybody, you know. No, a- amen. And I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the the types of discussions you're having with other dealers. And and before we started going, uh, before we turned the cameras on, you actually were telling me about a an inventory sharing strategy uh, that that you were you had at least chatted or mentioned to a few integrators. Uh, before I do that, though, I want to give credit to our listeners. Uh, I just want to say. Uh, Chris is telling me that he can hear us, which is good. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you listening and, and watching. And uh, Kelly, she says uh, audio is coming through and she's coming to us from Colorado Springs. Kelly is doing well. And then we have Lewis. Uh, Lewis is coming. I know Lewis is coming to us from Mexico. He says uh, audio and video are working well. Greetings, Eric and Ron. Good to see you, Lewis. I hope you and the family are well. And then uh, we have Chris and Chris is asking, uh, there's a longer message here that I'm going to read. It's only populating a couple of lines. Uh, Chris says, is the care scheme applicable to businesses who continue to work? We don't have any equipment in the UK. There is a finance package available for covering 80% of staff salary rather than end their contract. We also receive funding to pay our business premise rates. So that, that sounds pretty similar to the CARE Act. Um, uh, with, with the exception of his his question is asking businesses who continue to work, which, uh, yeah, this is uh, certainly applicable to businesses that are continuing to work. It's um, certainly not, not known what's going on in other parts of the world, but it is nice to see that it looks like there are things going on. Yeah, I saw a chat string. I'm in a Slack group for Azion. Uh, I'm in the Azion uh, buying group and the ProSource buying group. Um, and in that chat string was a question, uh, and I think I know the answer, Eric. I don't know if you have an opinion as well, but neither of us are experts on the CARES Act, so go to your CPA or your lawyer for the, the real facts and figures. Uh, but one of the questions that had been posed in that channel uh, was regarding the CARES Act money. Uh, were you re- still supposed to pay for your employees even if you were locked down and not allowed to go to a job site? And I, my interpretation is yes. The way that was written is this going to cover eight weeks of payroll. So it, the whole goal is that you don't lay off or furlough your employees. So I, I would yeah. assume even if you can't send them to a job site, it still means you would pay them. Is that your interpretation? Yes. And I would say specifically where you mentioned that, uh, you know, asking questions to your CPA or attorney, uh, there are probably a lot of people out there in the industry right now that are realizing they don't have good legal counsel. You know, if you don't have a lawyer that you go to regularly to ask advice and look at documents uh, on all sorts of things. Uh, you know, good, good opportunity to find yourself a good lawyer. <laughs> no, I, I, amen. That's, that's great advice. Um, so back to the, the communication with integrators, 
I I think I had heard you express an idea, but I may have misheard it. So this, I'd, I'd ask well, you to clarify it. Yeah. So one of the things that I did uh, or have been doing as I'm talking with people that I've already got a good relationship out there with, um, and and even even just some that are competitors within the marketplace that that I don't communicate with on a regular basis is just kind of throwing an offer out there. You know, hopefully things will not get really bad. But if they do, um, you know, take a look at what you've got in your warehouse. If you have unnecessary inventory that you cannot use currently at this moment, um, I don't know if I will be able to help you out, but let's help each other out. You know, if we can buy from one dealer's warehouse uh, to, to help them stay healthy, let's do that. All right? we, we need to see the dealers um, staying in business and staying healthy. And I think that it's probably the attitude that, most manufacturer or all manufacturers uh, need to keep in mind is what's the most important thing is making sure our dealers are healthy and stay in business. You know, um, I'm, I'm wondering, is there a forum? Uh, I, I know th that seems like a genius way for integrators to help integrators. Uh, I, and I, I don't know if the vendors would like this very much, but you know, I, they, uh, they probably won't, but that's again, why I said they, they have to understand, uh, the approach of, I need this dealer to be in business in 90 days and six months. And if that means that they had to unload some, uh, or, or buy help, help another dealer out, then that's just going to be the case. Um, I agree. We we need our we need our integrators to be in business. We we all know the storm will pass. We we none of us know exactly how hard uh, or how long it'll last. Uh, it, it it seems to be market by market as to how severe, or how severely it's impacting. Um, yeah, mar market to market, and then also just you know, even though we are all in an industry where effectively we do the same things. Uh, we do them differently and we might do them in different types of structures. We're lucky because we do a lot of custom built residential luxury new homes. Uh, but for a lot of the people out there were even uh, if they had the ability to work, uh, they do almost exclusively work in high rise buildings. And all of those buildings have completely shut down and said, no, no more contractor work, you know, going on with inside of our building. So. Um, we're lucky that we're very diversified in what we do uh, and have the ability to get out and keep keep working. So, Eric, it sounds like you're still able to get out and do jobs. There there, there are folks that I've, I've been interviewing on the show and that yeah. I've been talking to, um, and they have a concern. And, and I'm, I'm wondering if you could maybe riff on what you're, what, how you would think about it or, or address it, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And the the concern they have is that you know their schedules were very neatly plotted out on their calendars now yep. through the summer, and in some markets, I, I'm just saying. Uh, this past Saturday, I did an interview with you know Navot Shiresh from Spire, yep. and in Michigan and where he's at, they're on total lockdown, not allowed to visit job sites. Correct. And so what was a perfectly plotted out set of pro all those, all of his projects, by the way, he said are still alive for now. Yeah. They're just paused. C correct. Yeah. That's, that's there. One thing our industry, I think has had a hard time uh, being clear between using the word cancel and postponed. Uh, we, we've been hearing a lot. Somebody will say, yeah, you know, Ron Callis is canceled. Well, did he, did Ron cancel or are we just postponing? 
it's uh, what we're seeing is almost exclusively or really is exclusively postponing. Uh, nobody has canceled a project. Uh, we're seeing a lot of things getting pushed back. Um, but yeah, Navote, uh, my friend Dan Paulson up at uh, Paulson's outside of Detroit. Both of those guys are uh, fantastic members of our HTSA group. And yeah, I know that they they don't have the ability to go out and continue pre-wiring on any construction project. They're all shut down. Uh, so they really have their hands tied. Um, but uh, yeah, no, people are scared for us to come out to their home. Um, we are trying our best to make sure that that people are comfortable with our guys coming with a you know contact free uh, appointments uh, or as contact free as possible. Uh, we are also screening our clients before we come out. We want to know uh, is there anybody in the home that's currently sick? Has anybody been exposed firsthand to somebody that has tested positive? You didn't just travel back from New York, did you? And if the answer is yes, then they're going to the back of the line. I, I just interviewed Keith Harrison yesterday from Total Home Technologies, and he said his requirement is he only sends one tech to the house, mm -hmm. and he actually requires the customer not be not be home. So that way it's it's he's doing his best yeah. uh, to keep his team safe and to to keep the customer safe and, and uh, yeah, you have to have a lot of good trust uh, from your clients. I mean, I know that if if I have a HVAC guy come into my house, I don't like leaving people unattended in my house. Yeah. But you know, thankfully, most you know our clients, uh, majority of the jobs that we're visiting right now are not first time clients. They are people we've done business with in the past, so there is a level of trust. Uh, and they know our team and they feel good about us coming out. So, um, but it, it, it is a challenge. Our calendar, while normally we would have X number of weeks booked out and pretty solidly booked out, um, things are, you know, the calendar can be, it's a living, breathing, breathing thing on its own and can change not just daily, but sometimes hourly. Um, and we are seeing things on the, the bigger new construction projects to where, I expect that they will, you know, they won't go into a pause mode, but will take longer because um, the builders and the general contractors are doing a much better job of not stacking, you know, three, four, five trades all on a job site all at the same time, which we had gotten used to working that way. You know, the the earlier days it was all right, you guys come in, then the next guys come in, and then the next guys, and then everything picked back up and was getting so rapid paced that, yeah, there'd be four or five trades on a job site altogether, and that has changed. Well, the question is, how understanding will the GCs or the builders be when the light switches flip back on for those markets that have been shut down when normally you could have spaced your your visits over weeks or months and you know, you're going to have X number of jobs come back, but you only have Y number of technicians able um, to go out to those jobs sure no i think industry-wide that's going to be a problem because they're you know the pent-up demand is already there we know people are dying to do stuff uh but we're just going to wait um will our industry be able to handle the wave of of people that are ready to we're ready to move and uh you know i know that the people that said you know what check back with us in a month um uh, when everybody, you know, everybody's going to want to get right there at the, the beginning of the queue. And we will be probably the busiest uh, we've ever been. Probably ever been. And uh, yeah, so critical to be able to, you know, work work efficiently and, and figure out how to 
how, how to do all these jobs. Eric, you have children at home? Uh, I have two uh, adult children at home. They're, two adult children at home. Yeah, so they well, fully understand what's going on. This is well. the The question is relating to the demands inside of houses right now for yeah. networks, and I would just say all of the yeah. technology or entertainment needs, but in particular the the demands with like my son. He's ten. Yeah, and he's uh, he's in the fifth grade. Oh, actually, you know what? He might be 11. Oh, shoot. I don't know if he's 10 or 11. I got to think about that. I'm probably getting in trouble. He may be watching downstairs. You're, you're definitely in trouble. I'm definitely in trouble. Uh, he was born in... Oh, I'm going to totally get in trouble. So I'm, I'm going to skip over that. So he is doing remote learning. Yeah. And it, his the balance of his school year is going to be uh, doing that from home. What do you think next school year looks like? Um, What's well, your prediction? My my prediction is that, uh, you know, um, I think that, you know, our schools here in Georgia start late August. I know other parts of the country will wait until after the 1st of September, after Labor Day weekend to get going. Uh, but while that seems kind of far away from right now, I think it very well likely could be at a point where we're not quite ready to send kids back into a school building to start next school year. You know, the high school I went to had a student body of about 2,100 students. Uh, that's a lot of bodies, you know, in a world where we're saying don't gather people in groups of more than 10 uh, and everybody stay six feet away from each other. That won't, we won't be able to do that. So I expect that uh, the next school year will start with at home online education. Um, and and gosh, we might see a lot of people that say, you know, I don't want my kids going back to schools anymore. There'll probably be a lot more homeschooling uh, going on moving forward. Uh, but in the past few weeks where, you know, I told you I'm, I've done a lot of Zoom meetings and go to meetings and uh, FaceTime. And so, you know, I'm seeing into your world right now behind you. I'm seeing into people's space and how they're trying to work from home. I'm seeing that. What, what are you seeing? Is it good or bad? Hey, you got a very, very organized uh, office right there. But yeah. a lot of times I'm looking in and the dining room table has become dad's desk, mom's desk, uh, juniors, you know, trying to do his schoolwork here. You have multiple people in the family trying to use one communal space to work from home and do their education. Uh, moms and dads that are both at home are taking turns being the teachers like, OK, it's your shift to make sure the kids are doing their schoolwork and I'm going to go lock myself in the bedroom and do business phone calls. Um, so, you know, I'm fortunate that at my home, I do have a very nice home office if I needed to work from there. Uh, but a lot of homes that, you know, that home office turned into something else, turns into the kids playroom, it turns into whatever. Uh, I think people are going to be much more self-conscious about making sure uh, I need a great place uh, to work from home. I need uh, a reliable place where kids can do their school. Things that I'm noticing when I'm on, you know, in this situation right here, a lot of people's rooms are terribly lit, right? So when you're, if you're trying to communicate with a client or communicate with your teacher, it's important that I should be able to see your face. And some people, their their rooms are so dark, you can't even really well, There's make a window it. right behind them, so you just see their silhouette. Exactly. So- uh, we're we're going to be trying to think of what is the ultimate work from home space look like? What is the ultimate 
uh, education at home space look like? And that can be everything from lighting uh, to the acoustics in the room uh, to, you know, uh, best practices when doing Zooms and go to meetings. Um, so there's, I think there's going to be a huge opportunity for the at home education and working moving forward. And just one of these new emerging categories, like when I first started, I, I would have never thought that we would be selling motorized shades, uh, but it's a huge part of our business. At home work, at home education is going to be one of our biggest categories moving forward. It's so interesting. You know, so we build websites and we do marketing and all these things for, for, you know, in, in industry, technology, professional companies. And uh, in our website product, we have some different types of pages and one of the modules on those pages could be home office. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a time in the last five years where someone ordered that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a bet. I bet that's about to change. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Now we're we're going to have to continue. I mean, the, this industry has always had to think about how we're going to move, shift, evolve. What are the new and emerging categories, uh, and the companies that adapt to them uh, the best and the quickest are the ones that uh, that will not just survive but thrive. Um, so, Eric, you have this really awesome perspective from the manufacturer side and from the dealer side and you're an industry veteran and, and you guys at GHT uh, seem to have a, a handle on things. You're, you're doing well so far. What uh, a lot of people in our industry are not doing well. Yeah. They are, they're scared. Uh, there's high levels of fear and anxiety uh, and they don't know um maybe what's coming around the corner. What are some words of advice or considerations you could give them? Um, I, I think number one, the biggest advice is uh, to communicate. You know, uh, I know a lot of, you know, we're as human beings, we're prideful. Uh, and when things are not good, we don't necessarily feel comfortable <laughs> openly discussing and sharing. You know, we don't, we don't want to let our guard down. We don't want to reveal our weaknesses and our flaws. Uh, but I think, we, you know, we got to suck it up, right? If, if, if things are not good, reach out to a peer, reach out to your manufacturers, reach out to the team at one firefly. You know, I tell everybody that I'm communicating with, whether you need to run an idea past me, if you uh, just need me to tell you a funny story and hopefully put a smile on your face uh, or bounce ideas off of each other, reach out and ask me, um, trying to navigate something like this, uh, as an individual on your own, or just as an individual company, uh, it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, you know, is it easier to paddle upstream with just you and one oar in a boat, or if we got the whole team of us in there all paddling together? Um, you know, right now our HTSA group is, you know, talking with other groups, you know, uh, I'm talking with people that I consider my competition where, you know, normally I might fight you tooth and nail for that. Um, but no, we, we need the industry to be strong. So don't be scared to reach out for help if you need it. Uh, I encourage you to proactively reach out to people and not, not just wait for them to call you. Um, be proactive in, in having, um, you know, straight dialogue with your manufacturer partners, right? If things are getting tough, you need to let them know, here's the deal, what's going on with our finances. Uh, I might need you to take back some product. I might need you to help me move some product. 
um, you know, we're all going to, you know, the manufacturer community really is going to have to be extremely understanding pending how long this thing goes. Um, that, and uh, I guess the other thing is just, you know, having gone through what happened in 2008 and nine, um, you know, the industry will survive. People want and need the things that we offer. And, that, and I think that's a good thing now, taking a look in comparison. Previously, our industry was full of just things that were luxury items. We only, you know, we only wanted them. We didn't need them. That used to be one of our things. Eric, why do I need one of these? Well, Ron, you don't need anything that I sell, you know, but you, you want But you probably want it. But now we are in a world where we are actually selling things that are needs. They are critical things, you know, by yeah. managing people's security and surveillance systems, their thermostats, the lighting within their home. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the biggest growing category in the industry, uh, wireless network gear. Um, you know, we cannot not have uh, a great wireless network in our home. So we are an essential business. And I'm glad that the federal government uh, has deemed what we do as essential. Um, how, how, how's the wireless network at your home holding up? At my home, I, I actually need to give myself an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I mean, we, uh, there, everybody in the house is streaming stuff and playing video games. I, I know so, people, if you need me to give you a recommendation or referral, I, I, yeah. I know people that yeah, I, 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 help I, I know a couple of those folks myself. I should do that. Um, I, I did that when I moved into this house, uh, last fall, I moved here in September and, uh, that was actually my number one priority. It, it seems like I, I maybe had a crystal ball or something, but I, for the first time in any home I lived, I, I, I did the work and we put in a nice robust network mm -hmm. and, um, you know, uh, ruckus access points on every floor, um, uh, cat six wiring, uh, nice, you know, over here in this closet, Surgex, UPS protected mm -hmm. gear so that I could have, and, and my neighborhood has a fiber drop. So I've got, you know, this is where I'm bragging a little bit, yeah. 900 meg down, 300 meg up internet. Um, it seems so wonderful that I did that now that my son is, you know, doing his zoom meetings with his teachers. I'm up here zooming all day. Yeah. You know, my wife might be, uh, uh, on the network or in the evenings we'll do our Netflix and it's no, it's, uh, yeah. Nice. Every, everybody's home and systems is being put to its test, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, there was a article in the New York times that was talking about our internet is not prepared for how the, the demands that's going to be put on it. Uh, if you saw there were headlines coming out of, I believe it was France where, uh, they were, you know, requesting that Netflix and other streaming things stream at low, you know, low definition resolution because they just couldn't handle, uh, what was going on. Uh, yeah, we really are in a world where, um, you know, so, so many of the things that we want to use, uh, need to jump and live on your wireless network. And so we've tried to embrace the approach of letting people know if, you know, in today's world, uh, a great wireless network system is as critical, if not more important than your plumbing and electrical. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, I yeah. think that we'll have a lot less skeptics out there after this event. I think we'll have a lot more believers buying that story because it's, it couldn't, 
couldn't be more true. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to ask you a random question. Uh, have you picked up any new TV series or Netflix uh, stream shows or anything you want to uh, recommend that I, I watch or the audience start watching? I, uh, I am embarrassed to an extent that I did uh, watch uh, Tiger King in its entirety. I watched all all seven episodes of that in in a matter of two days. Uh, I've so, even heard they're now going to make another one, I guess, based I, on the, the demand. I, I heard that. I don't think it's another series. I think I heard that it was going to be one more one episode, more episode. That was coming out, uh, but that, I haven't even watched it. But I know there's a woman named Carol Baskins. She murdered her husband. I'm there confident. you go. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't even yeah. watched the episode, but yeah. I, I've heard the hype. No, but uh, no. My favorite thing that's been on TV is if you've not watched Ozark. Uh, Ozark is fantastic. Uh, they just released season three. I plowed through it in a matter of no time. Uh, and it's fun because it is filmed here in Georgia. Actually, one of the guys on our sales team, Scott Adams, uh, the home in the show where the Bird family lives is uh, on the lake. Uh, that's his aunt and uncle's home. No uh, way. Yeah. So uh, they uh, they have rented that uh, house out for the first three seasons of filming. They had signed the contract uh, to go ahead and start production for a season four that should have started filming on April 1. But because of the COVID-19, they don't expect that they will start filming now until September. So anybody out there that is a fan of Ozark, uh, I hope you enjoyed that awesome season three. We won't be watching a season four for another year. Oh no! So I, yeah, my wife and I are huge Ozark fans. Uh, watched season one and two. Have not yet watched uh, season three. And oh, buckle up, man! It's it's insane. The amount of just fear and anxiety that that show induces, uh, just by because you can like the guy's almost normal. Yeah. But then the situations he's in are just terrifying. Uh. Yeah. But, and, and so when you're watching that kind of apply that is like, look how, you know, relatively calm and cool and keeping his stuff together. This Marty bird and his family are, if they can deal with all of that stuff, we can get through this. That, that's a great, I love that. If he can stay calm, cool and collected with all the stuff going on in his world, then you and I can handle this quarantine. That's right. All right, Eric, it was a, uh, a pleasure uh, having you uh, back on the show for episode 109. And, uh, you know, congratulations to you and Kenny and the team over there at GHT for holding the fort down and, and really keeping a positive attitude and outlook on life and business. So uh, thank you for being you. Good. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks to all the people on your team that are, that do such a great job on the back end that, uh, you know, so much of what we're doing and what makes the business we're doing positive is because of uh, lots of back end help from folks like you. So thank you. Awesome. And yeah, if anyone wants to get in, yeah, is that a thumbs up for Mr. Jordan? That's right. <laughs> uh, it, how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? What's uh, best? If they want to reach out to me, uh, if you've got, you know, if the people have my phone number, feel free to give me a call. I'm not going to give out my phone number, but my email address is e. J-O-Y at ghtgroup.com. Uh, feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, go check out our website that uh, we certainly loved uh, the one Firefly, Firefly team doing for us. Uh, or uh, hit us up, uh, look for our social media on Instagram, uh, Facebook, etc. Would love to hear from some folks. Did I get that? I have it crawling across the screen here. Did I get it right? That is correct. 
All right. Eric, it was a pleasure, sir. Stay safe uh, and, uh, and wash your hands regularly and keep six feet distance. Uh, and that goes for all of you out there. We need to get this quarantine behind us and get back to work, damn it. So, uh, Eric, it was a pleasure, sir. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Automation Unplugged. For a full transcript of this show and all previous shows, head over to our website at onefirefly.com forward slash AU. There you'll find links to all transcripts, show notes, Facebook Live recordings, and resources mentioned during the show. If you enjoyed this episode and like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow us on social media. We are at One Firefly LLC on all platforms. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Automation Unplugged as we dive deeper into technology trends and the fascinating people that make up the custom integration industry. Bye for now.